It's September 7th, 2022, and this is your DSR Daily Brief. I'm Grant Haver. And I'm Chris Cottonor. Our top stories today. Normally, we don't do lots of domestic news on this show, but the FBI's search last month of former U.S. President Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago found a document describing a foreign government's military defenses, including its nuclear capabilities. Some of the seized documents detail top-secret U.S. operations so closely guarded that many senior national security officials are kept in the dark about them. The FBI has recovered more than 300 classified documents from Mar-a-Lago this year, 184 in a set of 15 boxes sent to the National Archives and Record Administration in January, 38 more handed over by a Trump lawyer to investigators in June, and more than 100 additional documents unearthed in a court-approved search on August 8th. Read the scoop in the Washington Post. The United Nations nuclear watchdog, the International Atomic Energy Agency, on Tuesday called on Russia and Ukraine to establish a nuclear safety and security protection zone around the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant. We are playing with fire, and something very, very catastrophic could take place, Rafael Grossi, head of the IAEA, warned the UN Security Council, days after leading an inspection visit to the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant. During the visit, the IAEA said it saw numerous cases of damage, and at one point, the delegation was forced to seek shelter from incoming shell fire. Ukraine's president says tons of grain from his country will arrive in the coming weeks in Somalia, where famine approaches and the global crises of food security and climate change put millions at risk. President Vladimir Zelensky's comment came as Russian President Vladimir Putin accused the West of colonialism and suggested that Russia may talk with Turkey about revising the deal that lifted Russia's blockade on Ukrainian ports and allowed ships safe passage. The Russian president said of the 87 ships loaded with grain from Ukraine, just two carried grain for the UN World Food Program, which amounts to 60,000 tons out of the total of about 2 million tons. Only one ship from Ukraine has arrived in sub-Saharan Africa, docking at the port of Djibouti last week with grain that the World Food Program said would go to drought-affected Somalia and Ethiopia. Food security experts have said many of the shipments are deliveries on existing contracts that had been struck before Russia's actions. This is a consistent Russia tactic. Act like you're fighting for the little guy on one hand while restricting their access on the other hand. They want to halt grain shipments just like they have halted gas to Europe. As the war drags on, the U.S. and our allies are finding more bespoke sanctions for Russia. Russia has limited leverage, and that means they have even fewer options as the war drags on. So I'm not optimistic that the grain deal is long for this world. Elsewhere, the Solomon Islands Prime Minister has accused Australia of interference over its offer to help fund an election he controversially wants to delay. Manasa Sogavare 
is seeking to defer the vote due in mid-2023 by seven months in a move critics say represents a turn toward authoritarianism. Australia says there is nothing unusual about its offer of assistance. Relations between the two countries have soured recently as Mr. Sogavare's government grows closer with China. Australia regularly offers financial and logistical support to Pacific countries for elections, including in previous polls in the Solomon Islands. But Mr. Sogavare says it is time to influence how MPs will vote on a bill to change the Constitution. If passed, the bill would allow the election to be deferred. Elections are usually held every four years, but the government is trying to delay the next poll until after the country hosts the Pacific Games in late 2023. Mr. Sogavare says the nation does not have the capacity to host both events in one year. Hungary is pushing for three Russian oligarchs to be removed from the sanctions list. The EU has a deadline of September 15th to renew its measures against individuals who were sanctioned since the outbreak of Russia's war in Ukraine, or they will lapse. Within the bloc, this extension was seen as a technical formality, as it has been with previous sanctions against Russia over Ukraine since 2014. But Hungary has thrown a wrench in the works. Budapest has asked to remove three Russian nationals from the EU sanctions list, according to four EU diplomats and officials who spoke with Politico on condition of anonymity. The move has infuriated other EU countries, which have bitter memories of Hungarian leader Viktor Orban's holdup on the EU's oil ban earlier this year. Hungarian government spokesperson Zoltán Kovács said the EU would reach a joint decision on the sanctions list. The EU sanctions lists are constantly under review, and there are concerns time and again that the inclusion of certain persons or entities on the sanctions list is not sufficiently justified, he tweeted. Chile's President Gabriel Boric shook up his cabinet Tuesday in an effort to relaunch his government less than 48 hours after he was dealt a resounding blow when citizens overwhelmingly rejected a new progressive constitution he had championed. Boric changed the leadership of five ministries in what marked the first cabinet shakeup since he became Chile's youngest president in March and has since suffered a precipitous plunge in his approval ratings. Although polls had predicted Chileans would vote against the proposed constitution, the 24-point margin of victory for the rejection camp was a shocking repudiation of a document that was three years in the making and crafted by a constitutional convention that had been engulfed in controversy. Angola's constitutional court rejected on Monday an opposition party's claim seeking to annul general election results, which handed the victory to the ruling MPLA. The National Union for the Total Independence of Angola, UNITA, filed the complaint after the country's electoral commission last week declared the People's Movement for the Liberation of Angola, MPLA, the winner of the national election. The court ruled that UNITA's complaint did not meet the requirements to allow the legal body to annul the results. The election commission's results last week gave the MPLA 51.17% of the votes 
and Unita 43.95%, while Unita's parallel count showed it had 49.5% of the vote and the MPLA as having 48.2%. In lighter news, a chimpanzee that escaped from a Ukrainian zoo was returned to the facility on a zookeeper's bike. Officials at the Kharkiv Zoo said the chimpanzee named Chichi escaped from the facility in the Kharkiv city center on Monday and wandered nearby streets to a local park. Zookeepers followed the primate, and Chichi approached one of the workers when it started to rain. The zookeeper put a yellow raincoat on the chimp and wheeled her back to the zoo on the seat of a bicycle. The chimp's bike ride was caught on camera by witnesses. The method of Chichi's escape was unclear. That's all the news we have for you today. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that more people can find the show. If you have a tip, topic, or correction you'd like to flag for us, please email us at podcasts at the DSR Network. Members of the DSR Network will receive an evening newsletter version of the DSR Daily Brief and bonus weekend briefs. Last weekend, we spoke with Aram Shabanian from the New Lines Institute about the counterattack going on in Ukraine. Go to the DSRnetwork.com and become a member to make sure you never miss any of our analysis. If you want more in-depth discussion of these issues, be sure to follow the links in the show notes to read our sources and tune into our sister podcasts on the DSR Network. Stay safe and stay tuned to the DSR Daily Brief.